Hello everybody, it's Stuart Watson here and I'm joined by Andy Warren. It's just the two of us today for your Friday edition of the Kings of Anglia podcast. Um, good morning, Andy. How are you? Good morning, my friend. Um, we need to start recording these when it's just the two of us. If we could record these in the car at like 1am when we're cruising along the A14 on the way back from Ipswich games, they would be absolute gold, wouldn't they? We are... We're at, I think that's when we're at our best. Um, Do you think so? Late night? Yeah. Well, well yeah. Th- this, yeah. Our last car journey together, we basically listened to Neil Warnock talking to Jimmy Bullard for an hour and a half. So we didn't really talk that much. But um, that was a, a podcast. If you want to find that, it's quite good. But we do do our best work in the in the intimacy of the Honda Jazz. I feel. <laughs> You might be right. Yeah, we'll just. They'll, I'm sure there'll come a point in our professional careers where we're just mic'd up and have cameras on us at all times, um, Big Brother style. But for now, you just get one or two of these a week. So uh, let's crack on. Let's crack on. Ipswich um, did another win on Tuesday night, Andy. 1-0 at Doncaster, 1-0 to the Ipswich. Another potential banana skin sidestepped. We won't dwell too long on it because it's a few days on, but what, what's your uh, what's your thoughts on that game? just full uh, complete completely comfortable i felt i, I think uh, you you wrote in um i think when you published your your thoughts on the game on wednesday afternoon you you put it on social media with with a, a the short little sentence what what's not to like um and i would answer that with with nothing it was it was just arm's length controlled goal job done the only moment that you you worried was when was when the goalkeeper appeared in the on the edge of the six yard box in the ninety fourth minute. Really, um, for a split Tom, second, he looked like he was going to get his head on yeah. the end of that as well, didn't he? Have you ever seen any, have you have you ever seen a keeper even kind of have an get close to like have a shot or anything? I've I've don't no. think I've I've ever seen any anything threatening the goal. But yeah, that was about it. Really, they were they were really comfortable. They they could have scored more, couldn't they? But, well, yeah. I, What's not to like? I guess the answer to that would be weren't clinical enough, didn't didn't kill it off sooner. But Ipswich were in utter control of that game from the first to the last minute. Um, nullified Doncaster, who, lest we not forget, had beaten Sunderland away um, just a few days earlier. Were two 0 up at half time. Could have been three or four by all accounts. Um, had beaten MK Dons a uh, fortnight earlier as well. So despite them being bottom. This was no gimme, and um, Ipswich navigated it so, so well. Um, it's just a real shame that Macaulay Bond didn't get himself a goal because he had some, yeah. some big chances in that game. Norwood came on, had some chances as well. There, there were others, and uh, if if uh, Bond in particular, if he'd have got himself a, a goal or two, he would have he would have been going into this big game on Saturday, which we'll, we'll come on to tomorrow. Um, just feeling that that little bit more confident, but um, no, I, I liked it a lot. I think, um, understandably, everyone was just having a little bit of a wobble after the Sheffield Wednesday game, and then the nature of the Gillingham match, which was which was not not a great performance. But this was this was right up there alongside the Gillingham four 0 away win for me in terms of the performance. All that was missing was was the goals, um, but the, the football, the control, possession, everything about it. Um, I really liked and it's given me um a lot more belief going not only into mm. MK Dons but these these final 15 games as a whole. Yeah, there are a couple of 
a couple of um, performances that that were just that bit more encouraging as well. Like, I think it's fair to say that Dominic Thompson and Tyreek Backinson have kind of had to grow into their Ipswich careers. They didn't kind of make a big splash on their in their first games, but, but both of them had their best games for the for the club on um, on Tuesday night, which is which which is good. Thompson in particular, I I imagine from this point on is going to be a a fixture in that team. So getting him up to speed and kind of doing everything that a Kieran McKenna team needs him to do is is vitally important, I think. So that that was pleasing. Yeah, probably for the first time in a long time, Ipswich attacked more down their left than down their right. And we've been talking for a while about the reliance on Wes Burns. And if he's not at it or if he's if he's injured, then sometimes Ipswich struggle. They they don't look like they're going to create as many chances. But um Thompson, I thought, struck up a really good relationship with with Burson Salina down that left-hand side. Um, and it just gave Ipswich a bit more balance. So he was a big plus. Backinson, I hadn't been convinced by him the first few games, if, if I'm honest. But the blend between him and Evans, his third midfield partner already in his young Ipswich town career, looked better. Evans, for me, was understatedly very good. I know he's got his critics, but... As much as we've talked about missing Sam Morsey through suspension, I think Evans has also been a, a big miss in midfield. He's um, just constantly had the ball off the goalkeeper in the back three, sp- sprayed his long range of passing left and right. Not all of them came off, but that allowed Backinson to, to get forwards. And um, he scored a reasonable number of goals, actually, if you if you look at his, his career. And, and uh, there he was um, in the box to, uh, to gobble up the rebound. So... Um, yeah, I'm sure he'll be the one to dip out at the weekend. We'll come on to the uh, the team, I'm sure, for MK Dons in a bit. But um, that just gives me a little bit of belief that, that he's certainly got um, <clears throat> a positive role to play over over the coming weeks. Why do you think? Why do you think Lee Evans is kind of a, a bit of an opinion splitter? Is it is it is it is it because he he isn't an attacking midfielder? Do you think it's because yeah. he doesn't dribble with the ball and move with the ball? It's, I, I also think he's just had the wrong partner for so many for so much of the season. Without Morsi, I, I, I think there's it's been a bit samey samey in there. Um, and maybe you look at Evans and of all the other players that he's played with, um, you would look at Evans being kind of the senior partner to all of those. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's probably um, the least fashionable position on the pitch now. There was a time where fullback was probably that going back. Certainly, when you know we played football as kids, going back sort of twenty years, fifteen, twenty years ago, that the stay-at-home fullback was you know left back was the last place yeah. that you wanted to get. But fullbacks are now actually quite a fashionable position, aren't they? Bombing forwards and. Um, yeah, so that sort of holding midfielder, and particularly that type that's not, a, unless you're sort of crunching into tackles, like Sam Morsi can be popular because he's he's got that sort of aggression and he's, and he's especially now he's allowed to get forward that little bit more. But yeah, I mean, we've seen it with Cole Scoo, Scoos over many years, didn't we? That he would, he and the, t- the dressing room would talk about him being a player's player. Um, if one of your super skills is intercepting, that's not that's not exactly a, a crowd <laughs> pleaser, is it? And I think I think Evans is a bit more than that. I think his range of passing is very good. I think his physicality is is underestimated as well. He's someone that can win a few headers in in central midfield. This is a very undersized 
not the most physical Ipswich Town squad. So I think they, they missed a little bit of that as well. So, um, yeah, for, for me, I thought he, he made Ipswich Town tick on Tuesday night. And this is this is an Ipswich Town team now built around possession and keeping the ball. And I think that's been a major a major reason why they've been able to what keep five clean sheets and only concede four mm. goals under McKenna because they keep the ball. And if you've got the ball... The opposition can't score. It's not, it's not rocket science. Mm. He does go through his spells where he tries to force things a bit too much, I think, Evans. Um, there, there are times where he, he tries sort of long balls that aren't on. The he's, got one, he's got one particular special move that I really quite like. It's almost kind of like the rugby. Um, he, he plays these one uh, first time kind of hooked, very high arced balls to switch to the other flank it's it's the kind of thing you do in rugby to to kind of test a fullback under a high ball and i and i quite like them because um they don't land at they don't land at teammates feet what they do do though is they 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 quickly switch play and as if you can um if you can challenge them and maybe just force the defender to knock it out for a throw in you're kind of moving moving play up the pitch a little bit i quite I quite like them. They're not they're not particularly pretty, and they do look like he's at times kind of just hoofing them. But I think I think they work in a in a funny in a funny old way, just mi- mixing things up a little bit. That's quite a deep Lee Evans chat. Wasn't mm-hmm. expecting to to go quite so far in on Lee Evans. Yeah, yeah. So we mentioned Evans. We mentioned the the two January signings back four had a. Uh, well, Walton, very comfortable night. Don't think he had a save to make, but he's just very confident in everything he does, doesn't he? And I think that sort of permeates throughout the team. I think everyone knows that he'll, he'll come and claim crosses and, and just do all of those sort of basics really, really solidly. Um, and then the front end of the pitch, I thought Selena and, and Chaplin had good games. The rotation of the front three started again. In came the double number 10 pivot again. And... Um, I thought Selena added that little bit of drive and forward thrust and positivity. His first thought is always to get the ball, eat up 10 yards, certainly try and play a killer through ball. Um, I think he created a lot of the, the good chances that Ipswich had in, in the game. So he's given himself a real chance uh, for the weekend. And, and Chaplin was his usual sort of hustle, bustle, busy self. Um, the only downside, as we as we say, was was the chances that, that weren't taken, really. Bonds had... Could have walked away with the with the match ball on another night. Three, four good headed chances, including the one that was saved prior prior to the goal. Norwood's come on, snatched at a couple. We almost had a Genoi Danassian goal. That would have been a, a collector's addition. Looped a, a header on onto the roof of the net. Um, there there were other chances in there as well, weren't there? Would you buy a commemorative T-shirt and a kind of "I was there when Genoi Danassian scored" T-shirt? Would you Would you purchase one of those? Uh, I didn't when when Cole Scoos finally scored, and I think if I didn't, then I, I won't be doing so for Genoa. He's not quite in the in the Cole Scoos sort of uh, popularity stakes. If he suddenly sticks one in in the net, but um, I don't know. I don't know. I think I I think if he scored, I think um, I think, I think he, it would I... be well received. Don't don't get me wrong. I know he's very very popular and, and rightly so, but. Um, I'm not sure that his sort of goal drought is as well publicised, shall we say, as, well, as Cole Scoozes. Maybe it should be. Maybe we need to bring it up that he's 
that he's on such a long goal. Let me drought. have a little look at his career stat while you chat away. I don't know what to say. How long have I got? To, how long have I got to talk about Genoa? Who else? Who else did you like on on Tuesday night before we before we move on? We've covered it all, haven't we? I need to think of something else to talk. I'm going to talk about Ole Gunnar Solskjaer and, and Michael Carrick being in attendance while you while you do some quick mathematics and tell me uh, what how long Genoa Dinastian's goal drought is. Um, I think it's quite a good look for Ipswich to have. Um, Back-to-back games. You've got Ed Sheeran and Ollie Murs in the crowd um, supporting Ipswich at home to Gillingham. And then four days later, you've got maybe not quite on there Ed's level of kind of fame, but you've got you've got uh, two unemployed men, uh, Ollie Gunnar Solskjaer and Michael Carrick, watching watching on as, as Ipswich beat Doncaster. But for, for McKenna to have sort of people of their experience, both playing-wise and... Obviously, in both cases, coaching-wise, sort of clearly very, very close to him. Um, there for advice. I think they'd have enjoyed watching their friend's team play. Um, sounds like they're going to come to Portman Road at some point. Um, it just it just kind of shows this just another highlight of the stock McKenna's got, isn't it? That that he's kind of from the Man- just this Manchester United coaching tree. I'm sure if he, I'm sure he sought advice from from people like Jose Mourinho as well at some point. And he's he's spoken previously about how he, um, if he what he's he texts with Sir Alex Ferguson about teams and when they're at Man United, um, Fergie was really good to him. So uh, it's a good it's a good look for Ipswich. And I, I would also say that Oli Gunnar Solskjaer looks like he is a man who is enjoying being out of the intense furnace that is managing Manchester United. He, was, he kind of got his baby face uh, glowing looks back from the, from the pictures that we'd, we'd got. I think uh, it's a good advert for taking a career break uh, at some point. So, Stu, can I stop talking? Have you got me a number for General Fassian's uh, goal drought? It's Wikipedia, so... Don't a grain, of, a grain of salt here, but uh, one in two hundred and sixty-seven career appearances. Um, we're going back to sixteen seventeen for his uh, his single goal. So there you the go. Year, that year, the year sixteen seventeen, the season. Ah, uh, okay. That'll be, um, that'll be very long. This is it's quite the goal drought, and I th- I think um, I think it'll be very well received when he when he breaks it. Yeah. He's got more chance of breaking it in this team, I would say, than he has in other Ipswich teams that he's played in. Absolutely. The, the, the licence he's got to get, get mm. forward. Um, going back to Solskjaer, I think the um, not just them being at the game, but they took the time to come to the team hotel beforehand as well, um, which has got to be a major boost to, to the Ipswich Town players. You know, already they've latched on to, you know, within the first week, I'm sure a few of them have been asking Kieran McKenna how Cristiano Ronaldo prepares for games and and how everything works at United. Now you've got a a man who was managing Manchester United this season in the Champions League is coming to to spend time with Ipswich Town's players and watch them. So it is a reminder of uh, how well connected um, Kieran McKenna is and I'm sure it's uh, it's a real boost to the players. Sure is. Um, Let's draw a line under Doncaster, Stu, because... Uh, it's Friday morning, um, and tomorrow is a day where a remarkable seven thousand strong travelling Ipswich Town crowd are heading 
West to Milton Keynes to to take over Stadium MK um, for a for a game that's um, that's a really intriguing one. I'm really looking forward to this. The crowd the crowd is going to be incredible. I think we've seen at Stadium MK before Ipswich fans taking over a large quarter of it over two levels. I think there are three and a half thousand there in 2019 when Paul Lambert took his took his team there. Um, that was impressive. Then this is like next level to that, an entire stand sort of hulking out behind the goal. Um, it's going to be, it's going to be quite unusual, isn't it? It's the Ipswich fans will be louder than the home crowd without a doubt. And close probably to outnumbering them in their own stadium, which is, um, which is highly unusual. Yeah, another reminder of just how good Ipswich Town's away support in particular is. We know they've been getting 20,000s at Portman Road this season, but I look at some of the the away figures and, you know, going right back to the first day where they had 1,400 at Burton, 1,700 at Lincoln, nearly 1,000 at Accrington, 2,500 at Cambridge, the, the list goes on. Um but uh, yeah, I mean, I think it's actually creeping up to nearer 7,200 this weekend from what we're told, um, which has got to be uh, right up there, if not at the top of away followings across the entire EFL this season. Um, There's not many other places you can do it, is there? It's like, I, in terms of EFL, like league games, this this is kind of it. Like mm-hmm. there aren't there aren't grounds that can accommodate this many away supporters so So, I don't know how I'd feel about it if I was an MK Dons fan for this being sort of a a potentially pivotal game um and in terms of the club letting them letting them in terms of the club yeah allowing Ipswich to get that that advantage um on the terraces I know it it will earn them a pretty penny but um I think I know Ipswich before have had discussions about how many how many tickets that they were going to give to when there's been sort of big demand from clubs like um, I can't remember which which the match was. It must have been someone like Sunderland or Sheffield Wednesday, and and Marcus Evans made the decision that he'd rather take the the hit financially yeah. than than give the opposition the uh, the extra advantage. But um, I do that think it su- will be an advantage. Sunderland. Sunderland, yeah. So yeah. I do think it will be an advantage to Ipswich. I think that all you know they'll really feed off that. I think it will be a really positive, uplifting atmosphere. Sometimes at home, talked about the Gillingham game being sort of that that weight of expectation can sometimes go go against you a little bit but I think on <clears throat> for a big game like this that everyone knows is is very much in the balance that it could give uh, a couple of those little fine margin percentage points that that might just help it switch we talked on um on the podcast a couple of weeks ago about moments where you kind of wished you were in the crowd rather than um rather than sat behind a laptop and this this would probably probably be one of them um to be part of an away away following away following that side is going to be crazy. Um, the game itself, though, um, they're all big games, but this this feels like a really big one. It doesn't feel like one that they. It's not season over if they don't win it. It's not that kind of big game, but it's it it, it feels big to me in, in the the manner of it and the style of play that MK Dons have and how just how much we're going to see of Kieran McKenna's kind of adaptable flexi uh stylistic approach to the game um 
it, it feels really, really interesting to me. Um, he's described it as not being a beauty contest, but which is what a lot of people would probably look at it from the outside and, and think it might turn into. Yeah. Uh, Ipswich had nearly 600 passes at Doncaster in midweek, uh, which is about their average since McKenna took over. And if you want a bit of context for that, I think only Liverpool, Man City and, and Swansea average more over the course of this season. MK Dons won't be far behind. Obviously, uh, their style was was kind of forged under Russell Martin, who's obviously gone on to Swansea and has been taken on by by Liam Manning. Um, and McKenna can see that there's comparisons between him and Manning, both young coaches in their mid-30s, both who want to, to play possession passing football, but was very quick yesterday to say this isn't who wins the possession contest, this is who wins the football match, this is who scores the most goals. And um, hinted just a little bit that maybe he might just adapt things a little bit and might might almost come away from those principles a little bit. He talked about the pitch being not very good at MK Dons, having some real problems with that. Um, and you just wonder if, if to beat possession football, he might not completely abandon it, but um, just mix it up a little bit tomorrow. What would that look like then? Um what 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 do you think that would 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 look like? You, would would it be kind of the the big Joe Piggott striker and and play that way? Like I'm I'm not sure what that what that would look like necessarily. How he how how much he would deviate? Yeah, it's not going to be a massive change in formation. It's not going to suddenly be long ball football. But as I say, just mix it up from time to time. There might be times where you just think actually. You know, they'll stick one in behind from Macaulay Bond to run the channels if he starts or um, something like that. I, d- I don't know. I'm really intrigued to see how this this game this game pans out because it's two very similar styles. Um, two young English coaches, which is really refreshing to, to see as well. You know, people like them getting their chances after earning their stripes uh, um, in academy football and, and learning their trade that way. So, um just really looking forward to seeing how this this game shakes out. Really, I know what team you would pick for this Ipswich game because we've already recorded videos about it and we've already spoken about it. And that team is a, an unchanged side, with two exceptions. One is Sam Morsey coming in for for Backinson. We've talked about Morsey already earlier about what he would bring, and then we both in our boot room video, which we've already done, and you can, you can watch uh, if you want even more MK Don Ipswich Town chat. Um, we had a, a slight, it wasn't heated, there was no anger, uh, no falling out, but a slight disagreement about who we would play as the central uh, the central striker still with, with Selena and Chaplin. Um, you, went, you went Mr Norwood, I went Mr Bon. So uh, for audio listeners, <laughs> what, why? Well, we're in agreement that seven players are nailed on starters. For the weekend, right? The back, Walton, the the three centre-halves, the two wing-backs and Sam Morsey walks straight back into this team. Slight question mark over whether Lee Evans is fit. If he's fit, he starts. If he doesn't, be interesting to see who goes in there. Backinson for my money, if uh, if you're asking. Then <clears throat> the front three, we both felt that Selina and, and Chaplin had done enough on Tuesday night to get their, their chance again. Um and then I went with I went with James Norwood 
as the central striker. Um, simply because... Cough. Takes a little pause to cough. Uh, simply because I, I just think he's the more natural goal scorer. And, and I feel like I'm doing Macaulay Bonnet a, a, a huge disservice there because he's someone who scored a lot of goals in his career. But just if 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 you really sort of held me to it and said you've got one of those men on the end of a key chance at a key moment, who are you backing? I think I'd go with James Norwood. And at the moment, Ipswich needs strikers scoring goals again. So I don't like Norwood when he's kind of crowbarred in on, on the left. He works really hard for the team, but... That that's my thinking behind that one, but I, but I also understand uh, why you'd be arguing your case for Macaulay Bond. I'd, I'd just use one word for Macaulay Bond, and it would be it would be control. Um, and I, I like the control that he gives the team. I don't think any of the other Ipswich strikers kind of give the the level of kind of control that he does. Um, look, he he should have scored goals on Tuesday night, and his his goal scoring record of late isn't very good. He's, he's one in 17. That needs to improve. But there's the old cliche of at least he's getting in the positions, which uh, he was on Tuesday night. That falls down when you when you don't take the chances. But I just I just like the element of control that he gives. He can maybe put his foot on, on the ball a bit more. Because when things are going great for James Norwood, they are, they are really great. I, I would agree with you about being the, the most natural finisher. And I'd probably, I'd probably agree with you about um, about the man to take the chance if 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 there was if there was kind of gun to the head territory who do you want shooting from from the edge of the uh, the edge of the um edge of the box or something who do you want probably um but I just think that in in Ipswich's all round play Bon offers that bit more control with his back to goal he can hold it up a bit more Norwood's Norwood's not that player he's kind of off the cuff um off the cuff flicks and when it's going great that's great he has days though where he well by his own admission um can't control the ball he's had he's had those days recently so for me i would i would start bon but kind of the threshold for and i think probably consistently over a significant period of time both maybe even with McKenna and going back into Paul Cook, the kind of the threshold for, for making that change would be sooner. For me, if, if at the hour mark you need something different, I'd make that change quite quickly, I think, and, and bring James mm. on and, and hope to kind of influence and disrupt the game a little bit in that in that sense. I think if we're talking about control, the, the player that jumps off the page for me is Sonny Aluko, who very quickly, and you know, you're a few games out of this team and you become quite forgotten, but people were were purring over Sonny Aluko just just a few weeks ago. And he's the one that can unlock the door, that can <clears throat> keep the ball in the tightest of situations. And maybe this sort of game suits him. It wouldn't surprise me if, you know, he's been almost held in reserve with this game in mind. Um, it's really difficult to pick that front three. And um, I'm sure McKenna's come up with a real bespoke game plan for this. They're all different types. Bond can sort of run off the last shoulder and get in behind. Maybe that's what you want against someone like Dean Lewington, who's, who's getting on in age. Easy um, now. <coughs> excuse me. Um, I know he's your boy. Uh, Norwood brings that bit more of a sort of chaotic influence. I mean, he might go with Bon and Norwood just to, it, it might just ramp up the high press and just think actually to let's stop 
let's stop MK Dons playing at source and they might go with the, the Bash brothers up front and just decide to really try and sort of, you know, get at them high up the pitch. I, I don't know. But what I do know is that I trust Kieran McKenna to have watched every minute of footage possible and to have uh, analysed them to a T. What I really like is that he's coming up, as I say, with these bespoke game plans for every team. It's not with Paul Cook. It was you knew exactly what you were going to get. Um, it's about us. It's not about them. Um, I like the fact that McKenna's respectful of every opponent, regardless of where they are on the table. Go and get some water. Um, I can, I can, I can talk for a second. Um, and he's actually going as well. Good lad. He's not going to hear this either because Stu never ever listens back to the podcasts once they've been recorded famously. So I could tell you all sorts of um, all sorts of things about Stuart Watson, but quite frankly, um, I can't think of any. Um, MK Dons, we we know are kind of packed with Ipswich Ipswich people. Liam Liam Manning, Chris Hogg's on the staff. Um, so I'm just talking about Ipswich people on on the staff of uh, of MK Dons. You've not missed anything. Um, he's back. Uh, we've got li- li- obviously Liam Manning, Chris Hogg, David Wright's on the staff. Connor Wickham is a is a striker that's coming coming off the bench for Ips uh, for MK Dons at the moment. Obviously of of the Ipswich Academy, and then there's Troy Parrott in there as well. So plenty of players that are, are kind of familiar to Ipswich fans, but then also players like Scott Twine, who are also very familiar to Ipswich fans. He he comes off the left in kind of a 4-3-3 three, three generally. Um, and we know exactly what he can do, don't we, Stu, in terms of um, unleashing shots if he's given if he's given the space to kind of put his foot on the ball, take a touch and, and do something. Um, there can be... Uh, there could be some real trouble for for town, couldn't there? Yeah, don't let him shoot from from long range. We've seen that they, they had a really difficult January transfer window. MK Dons, Matt O'Reilly, one of their star players, was uh, made a, a big move to Celtic. Um, I think four of their loan players were all recalled in the end. Two of them very late in the day, so you know, with a couple of window, a couple of days to go to the window was shut. Ethan Robson um, went back to Blackpool. Um, Peter Chioso was recalled by Luton. So Liam Manning was saying that he'd, he'd learned a lot from his first proper transfer window as, as a senior manager. They were kind of scrambling to get some people in the door, sort of plug the gaps with, with a few loans as well, Smith and Coventry in midfield. Um, but they seem to get their recruitment right, don't they? Up, up there at MK Dons, they've got their yep. their culture, their principles and and um, and... When people leave, someone else comes in to kind of slot in quite nicely. We've seen that with obviously Fraser leaving there last summer, and um, Twine, I guess, in in some people's minds, is that is the player it should have gone for rather than than Fraser, perhaps. But um, yeah, they're, they're going to be dangerous opposition. You look at the form guide; they've Ipswich obviously won six in eight under McKenna. I think they've won five in in the same period of time. <clears throat> Outside the automatics on on goal difference alone, so. Um, you only have to look at the table and see that Ipswich could even move to within six points of MK Dons, and suddenly you're thinking they could finish anywhere in that in those playoff places, or or the gap grows to potentially twelve, and you're back to sort of scrapping over. Can we sneak into to fifth or sixth? So um, it's not a must win for me, but it feels like a can't really lose. Yeah, game. I think. Uh... There's a lot. There's going to be a lot of those games that feel like the can't lose games. That there are like particularly like 
in in my mind, just the, the Oxford game from down the track is uh, I think it's in like March at some point. It's that that's one that I think we're probably going to get up to it and feel like it's a must win game. Um, Burton and Cheltenham are up after this MK Dons game, and, and say they come away from this game with a with a draw. Um, you'd then hope that two home games with Burton and Cheltenham are, are six more points, and 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 we keep up this minimum two points from every game that we've uh, and that would that would that would be above that that would be obviously if they could keep doing that that's what they're going to need though isn't it Stu? they've got to be so so consistent in these last three months of the season if they're going to um if they're going to get to where they want to go because as we've said so many times they're just hamstrung by 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 such a poor start to the start to the campaign yeah the uh the margin for error is minimal, isn't it? And um, McKenna is insistent every every week that doesn't talk about the table, doesn't talk about points, targets. His, his message to the players is just take it game by game and just um, just try and keep improving as individuals, as a collective. Uh, I really like that about him as a coach. It's uh, so often in football now. It's <clears throat> we saw this with Paul Cook. The answer always comes from outside. You know, if this isn't if if this isn't working, well, we've got to sign more players. We've got to do this. You know, it's, Ipswich is a prime example. I know this is we're comparing apples and pears in different eras, but Bobby Robson signed something like thirteen players across his time in charge. Um, there has to come a point where the man you've appointed as your coach, as your manager, improves what you've got. <clears throat> and Ipswich have got players that should be good enough to finish certainly within the top six. Of this division, so I like the fact that we're seeing individuals get better game by game under McKenna. We're starting to see, as a collective, them them understand um, the system that little bit more. So um, they might run out of games this season. They they might well do, but um, hopefully it will give us a real good feeling going in, into next season. But this this one's not over yet. Uh, there's still 15, 15 games left. <clears throat> Probably looking at a minimum of. Of seven, somewhere between seven and ten wins is what you need, which might allow you to lose somewhere between three and three and five. So, I think I'd be okay with a draw from this one, and just just um, keep things rolling, break that pattern of win-win defeat, win-win defeat, win-win, whatever we get tomorrow, and um, and then as you say, a couple of very big, big, mm. big home games. Yeah, like. I would agree with that in terms of the the draw side of things because as long as you don't lose and you don't allow teams like MK, obviously uh, Plymouth, Oxford to be played down the line, they can afford to lose some games, but they can't. I don't think they can afford to lose too many of the ones against their direct rivals because it just we're going to be talking about six pointers, aren't we? And the old mythical six pointer, and this would probably be be one of those I, I agree with what you said about McKenna improving players as well it just makes me a little bit sad because I, I know both of them had their both of them had their own circumstances regarding departures and stuff but it just makes me sad to think what what could he have done with Andre Dezel and Flynn Downs um so it's, it's, it's a question we'll never know the answer to but I, I, would, I would have loved to see a manager come in and really got hold get hold of those two Andre in particular um and just because I think Flynn could be a success under any any manager, really, in any team, in any system. But just to see what he could have done 
with those because we've seen what he's done with Luke Wolfenden in just in just six to eight weeks or so. Um, before we stop talking about MK, Stu, do you want some uh, do you want some million pound picks from me? I was a winner, a big winner. He was a winner on Tuesday night. We're back. We're back in the black. We're um we're back up to one point one point two three five million because the bet. The hundred and fifty grand of Ipswich Town to win this game without conceding came in, so um, we uh, we won four hundred and sixty-five thousand pounds. Do you want do you want the big bets from this weekend? Are you ramping it up? Uh, if it well, if they come in, I am. Um, Go on. So I promised myself that I would I would back Sam Morsey to score every time he plays because it felt before he kind of lost lost his momentum due to suspension. He was getting forward and he really should have scored by now. So 50,000 as promised on that, 13 to two returns, 375,000 pounds. But then I'm just going to get this up on my phone because I've written it down on here. I've got a, a, a three part mega bet that also includes Sam Morsi doing that goal as said. So I've got Sam Morsi to score. This is, this is all grouped together now. Sam Morsi to score, both teams to score in the game but for there to be less than 3.5, three goals or less in the match. So somebody to win 2-1 at most and Sam Morsi scoring 50 grand on that returns £1,056,000. Well, if that comes in, I'll be very impressed. I can see where you're going with Sam Morsi. <clears throat> I think the the most likely thing from this game is Sam Morsi will get carded. At some stage, he is going to be like a, a wound-up spring going into this game. <laughs> McKenna's talked about him training like a warrior for the last couple of weeks, and I think Wes Burns and others have said that they've uh, they've had a few kicks off of off the skipper um, in training, who is is going to feel very hardly done by 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 the FA with that with that suspension. Um, <clears throat> but uh, yeah, what a game to get him back in! I hope he's. Uh, I hope he channels all of that that uh, aggression the right way, and we we see uh, we see that that Sam Morsi that can make a, a real difference to Ipswich Town. What's your prediction then? My for, for the record, my my prediction is a one-all draw. Which uh, if as long as Sam Morsi scores, would mean that the the big bet comes in. But what are you, uh, what are you going? What my you prediction going is a draw, but it's a goalless draw <clears throat> because for all this talk about possession football. I think that two team, two good teams who look after the ball well, haven't conceded many goals between them in recent weeks. Might just cancel each other out. We've seen it before at times with you know Oxford game springs to mind and others that um, that that's how it will finish. And it might not be the most sort of entertaining game for the neutral in in that respect. And nil uh, nil is is my prediction. How thrilling! Um, right <laughs> before we before we wrap up, then let's, so we, we've mentioned him loads of times throughout this the last ten minutes of, of conversation. Let's talk about Paul Cook, who is who's back in the game. Um, this time last year, uh, Paul Cook was out of work. Uh, Paul Lambert was the Ipswich Town manager, uh, and a year down the track, he's been the Ipswich Town manager. Blew up the entire squad, been sacked from that job, and is now managing in non-league. Uh, this time last year, he was kind of the hottest kind of free agent manager in from from maybe the top six of the championship downwards throughout the entire football pyramid that everybody would have maybe looked at. And now now he's managing at the top end of 
of non-league with uh, back in the game at Chesterfield. Remarkable, isn't it? You'd have been laughed out of town if you'd have painted that scenario um, even just a, a few months ago. Um, you're a long time out of football as a manager and I, I'm sure that's always in their minds that very quickly you can go from, like you say, the, the, the hot prospect or the, you know, the person everybody wants to to being sort of forgotten about quite quickly. Um, I'm sure that's why Neil Harris has jumped at taking the, the Gillingham job when we all sort of said, thought he'd get, he'd wait and get a little bit higher, but it's a bit of a, it's a bit of a gamble, isn't it? If you keep waiting and uh, you can get forgotten about, and maybe that's Paul Cook. That's maybe, maybe that's Paul Cook's thinking. Um, and I think he just, genuinely loves football and I think he just is probably really getting frustrated not being involved in it day to day he's obviously been at Chesterfield before and I'm also imagine that chance to a very good chance of getting another promotion on your CV is uh has played its part all of a sudden you can become a what will it be fourth promotion on on his CV at four could different be a fourth, could be a league title yeah they're, they're only I think they're two points off top spot in second with a game in hand. So, um, yeah, he's so gone. How, how long term he's kind of thinking going into this? I don't know. Maybe he's thinking, go in there, get a promotion. <clears throat> I know the Chesterfield fans seem to, uh, to really like their um, assistant manager who, who has stayed on to, to work with Paul Cook. So maybe that's the thinking that he sort of comes in here and, and gets him ready for the job, walks away with another promotion and, and see where he rocks up next. But, um, we we wish him well, don't we? It's uh, it didn't work out for Ipswich, sadly, but um, I think everyone sort of enjoyed his his passion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think so. Like, it, uh, I think the right decision was made. It doesn't, you know, I, I think it was right for him not to be the manager of Ipswich Town. It maybe came a bit earlier than I thought it might, but I think the right decision was made. But that doesn't mean you don't want him to go away and be successful. They haven't, it was one of the most understated managerial announcements I've seen. Um, obviously there was quite a big ramp up to it over a week or so talking about him potentially taking the job, but there, there wasn't a picture of him. Um, there wasn't an interview with him until this morning. I've just seen it. It's kind of, it was just a, there wasn't even a photo of him with the announcement. It's just right, right guys, Paul Cook's our manager now let's crack on. Um, and, uh, I quite I quite enjoyed that. There's no mention of how long his contract is, which makes me think it's one till the end of the season. Um, and there's also no sign of uh, of Gary Roberts uh, or or even Francis Jeffers or Ian Craney. But I think Roberts is the one that you would have thought might have gone there because he was an ex Chesterfield player under Cook. No sign of him as of yet. So uh, interesting to see quite how the detail of that shakes out. But they're away. I think they're away at Weymouth to start. So a nice nice trip down there down to the south coast to get things going for Paul Cook. Yeah, we'll keep an eye on that with uh, with real interest. At, at that. I think they've got five home games in a row after that. So um, we'll certainly be keeping an eye out for their results over the coming weeks. You know what I'm looking forward to is Paul Hurst v Paul Cook in the National League, which happens, I believe, in April, uh, the Battle of the Bosses. Um, I'll, be, I'll, be, uh, I'll be interested to see how that one goes. Marcus Evans' managerial appointments, if you look at what they've done sort of post-Ipswich, um, doesn't make for great reading, is there not? No. You know, so many of them either haven't got a job again, full stop, or have certainly <clears throat> dropped right down. Obviously, 
Mick McCarthy was out of work for a little while, then goes over to Cyprus for for a spell, and then obviously has then come back into the game with, with Cardiff for a bit. Um, Jewel, haven't haven't seen him since, have we? Keane, doesn't look like he's making his his grand return to, to Sunderland, which is a shame. Um, I, mm. Again, that would have been fascinating viewing from, from the outside in. Um, Alex Neal, I think, is a, is a smarter appointment for them, I have to say, from, from a purely a competitive point of view. I'm more concerned about Sunderland with, with Alex Neal as manager than, than with, uh, with Roy Keane. But um, yes, Mr Cook, we'll, uh, we'll keep an eye out for him. Yeah, right. We're going to wrap things up now, Stu. You did the little intro. I'm going to do the outro. Uh, I'm going to maybe do it shambolically, but I am going to mention our sponsors, Manscaped. Uh, you can get 20% off. And is it 20% or 10%? Um, if it's if it's 10 and you've just sold it as 20, will you, will you honour the difference? Yep. Yep. With, okay. As long as the million pound picks bet comes in at the weekend, um, of course, yeah, you'll be welcome. Uh, that'll be fine. I'll cover that. Uh, I think it's twenty percent. I can't remember. I've not got it in front of me. But you can use the code KOA at manscaped dot com, which will get you free shipping and a double digit percentage off all of your below the waist grooming needs. So do that. Leave leave us some five star reviews on on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts because um, our egos enjoy those. And uh, come back and maybe give us a listen next week when hopefully we're talking about um, some points uh, from Ipswich Town's trip to MK Dons. If you're part of the seven thousand crowd heading over to Stadium MK this weekend, enjoy it. It's going to be a brilliant atmosphere. Give, I'm give sure. Ross a big wave. He'll be there with his <clears throat> with his camera getting all your. Uh... Getting all your celebrations, hopefully. This game's been described by head of Ipswich Town Media, Marcus Nash, as being a big game for Ross. Um, this is a big game for him. So hopefully hopefully Ross delivers. Hopefully uh, Ipswich Town deliver and we can talk about three points or at the very least one uh, when we're back with you on Monday. From true crime to football, Brexit to Pokeball. For more great podcasts from Archon, head to audioboom.com slash channel slash Archon.
Oh, oh, oh.